that too close to you, going, am I going to frighten you? <laughs> Just don't spit on you. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of the spit deal. It would be. There, there's, a, there's a guy. There's a guy that works with us. I've been working with him like. There's a guy that I work with. He's been, uh, don't break it. All right, good. I've been working with this guy for uh, about 32 years. He, uh, when I found him, he was, uh, the, the key, there's a few key words people like me use. One of them is found. What does that mean when I say I found him? What does it mean? That means I was out looking for it. Okay, y'all students or not? <laughs> or, or do y'all got it all organized and you don't need me? I can go home and take a nap and then go, go to McDonald's. What, what's going on here? <laughs> yep, there's a McDonald's close. I remember passing it yesterday. <laughs> that means I was out looking for the guy, right? Yeah. Right? In this particular case, uh, it's been about about 30, 31 or two years, and uh, this fella, when I found him, he was upside of a, uh, uh, the rest of the village ran. <clears throat> Everybody thinks I'm the devil. <laughs> and uh, I'm not. If I am, I'm a poor one. <laughs> but he uh, he couldn't run because he was crippled. He had uh, tuberculosis and uh, some other sort of arthritis deal. And uh, I was so I got up on him in, uh, before they could get him and run off with him. And, and uh, so I exp he didn't want me. He was telling me, I don't want to talk to you. you got, you're the devil, you, you know, all of this. And you steal land. You eat, you eat people. You, uh, all of this stuff. And um, I said, well, if I am and I do, then I'm going to eat you. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to consume is the demon out of your life. I said, the crippleness and the sicknesses that have you the way you are. God in me is going to kill that and you will be healed and you will preach the gospel with me. He says, no, uh, you're not going to touch me and I am not going to do anything with you. I said, well, you don't have any choice. Said, they abandoned you and it's me and you, buddy. I'm getting to the spit. I'm one of those guys that explains things thoroughly. Yeah. And uh, so he, he, I mean, he's just there. He's crippled. He's, he's dying with tuberculosis and all of this stuff. And, and he, uh, and I just nailed right down there. I know y'all's world. Everything has to be if and please. But in God's world, it's yes and amen. You think if somebody around you is not in agreement with you, then you, you're, you're free to go drink a cup of coffee. 
But in my world, with the Holy Ghost, we dominate. It's called dominion of God. Now, it's, I'm not talking about rude and unmannerly and those things. I'm talking about domination of spirits that do not want the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm supposed to be talking about, right? This kind of stuff. Is this okay? Or am I too far? I went into next year's class or something. All right, keep an eye on me. <laughs> <laughs> it would amaze you. Soon, it, I'm not one of those uh, slow, slow-moving, wake-up people. When my eyes open, my motor's running. My wife, and I don't know the hand. Uh, she got a different dose than I did. It takes her about 30 minutes. But me, my eyes open. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Yep, it's, I don't know why. I'm old and everything, it just won't shut off. I don't know. I was told when I got past 50, you know, you'll see, you'll see. And I'm sitting there waiting, I'm watching the switch. Nobody will cut it off. <laughs> okay. So this guy was cursing me and hating me and... And I, I, did, I wish I could tell you that God was all over me and I knew what was going to happen and I knew the future of this situation because you're used to that kind of talk. But I didn't. I, I had been hiking out there already for 12 days. Is anybody in here hike? One. All right, what's it like to be in a wilderness for 12 days? Are you like you started? No. You lost that the second day. The third day, you hate it. The fourth day, you're getting over it, and the fifth day, you turn back on. So I'm out here about 12 days now, and I am just a machine now. And I am not putting up with any foolishness. I have lost weight, blood, sweat, and tears. And so I don't care what the devil says. This is going to happen. And besides that, I was on the way home. So we got to get this done so I can get back to the house. <laughs> so, because uh, I was only like seven or eight hours. In those days, it was about a seven or eight hour hike. Now it's a 20 minute truck ride. <laughs> and so I leaned over on this guy, knelt down, and laid my hands on him in Jesus' name. And the whole time he's trembling and spitting on me and cursing me and everything. You notice the spit word? <clears throat> Laid my hands on him anyway. And I told him, I said, now since I found you, there's the found word again. I will be back on this day. He said, no, you're not coming back. No, we're not going to do that, blah, 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 blah. I said, oh, yes, we are. And yes, I will be back because God let me find you. Now I possess you. <laughs> these diseases that are in you I can dominate them because of God in me and you need my help you don't believe it the witchcraft on you says uh, uh, th these demons are talking to you but they're all wrong I'm right and nothing 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 and so I got up and left and <clears throat> I went back a few weeks later 
And I get there, and of course he's not there, and uh, so I wait and wait and wait, and the whole village is gone again. Finally, uh, a guy walks out of his house, the, the cripple guy's house. He says, uh, we don't know who you are or, or nothing like that. Uh, but uh, here, put that in your Bible so you can show your girl. A little slab of gold. Um, I'm having him collect all that because so, his girl, he, he just got engaged. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yahoo, Lulu! <laughs> so I go, in, I go in this room, and there's a table, and it's covered with their kind of food, which is unusual for us. I include myself because I never have acclimated to like their food. I still, after 30-something years, prefer McDonald's. <laughs> well, a couple of things at McDonald's, like the fish sandwich or the, what's those chicken things? Uh, the, no, 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 the select. I like those things. And, uh, so, so I go in there and, I, and, I, and they said, sit down and eat. You know, everything's a test in life. There, I'm old enough now to know. Everything is a test. There isn't anything that's not. It don't matter how nice and how pleasant the surroundings, everything's a test. So I sit down and, you know, and I know what the Bible says in Luke chapter 10. It doesn't matter if I like or enjoy or am comfortable or anything else. Luke chapter 10 says, as you go around and preach the gospel, this is for class people that's in here. Uh, the Bible says, when you go around, you eat what's set before you. Your preferences get stuck back wherever you came from till you get back there when you go and you represent the kingdom of God. Hello? All right, as long as you know that, because some of you are going to end up in the mission field. If you bring America instead of God, you're going to lose. <laughs> Did you know that in the first year, 90% of missionaries wash out and pastors and in five years from, from that year, another 90% of those that were successful wash out. And the reason is you don't get over yourself. You want to apply yourself in what you're doing instead of God in what you're doing. And if you, if you don't get over yourself and allow God to be in charge and put yourself aside, you will fail. Wow. And I'm not a failure talk person. I am a success talk person. But I am up to here with losing good, awesome people to just stupid demons. We can do this. But we can't do it in our current condition. We've got to let the flesh go and enjoy the Holy Ghost a minute. And then things will work out really nice. For instance, when I sit down there, there's, they make, uh, see, in my Bible, from uh, Genesis straight forward, it's against the rules to eat blood. And uh, they make a thing, um, they make a thing, uh, 
down there out of blood uh, in our work. It's a food. And, uh, and I know it's in there, and so it was sitting on the table. So you have to make choices, don't you? <clears throat> it's against the rules to eat blood. It's, a, it's against the rules to offend the sheep. So which one has priority? Hello? What's more valuable? Yeah, you're right. Do you remember that? And your stretch of success will go farther. The minute you start turning over, because God the whole way has forbid eating the life of the thing, the blood. I mean, that's old covenant and new covenant. But, But you're sitting there, and I know blood's in that thing, and I sit right down and ate it. And I do disagree with eating blood. If I can get around it, I will. If I can do it without offending somebody, I will do it. I'll tell him, no, look at this verse right here in the Bible. Uh, so anyway, I sit down and I ate. I ate some of all that food, a lot of food on the table. And then after I got through it, I mean, it's hot. You cannot believe how spicy this food is. It'll blow the top of your head into next week. <laughs> there are no sinus problems where I live. <laughs> You cry, your tear ducts work, your sinuses, I mean, it's amazing. This has all got to do with spit. Everybody, it's her fault. You can take it, I hope. So can I. So we'll be fine. We're two, that's enough. End of the story. End of story. So anyway, we, you know, I'm sitting, and finally I got through eating as much as I could. I was about, and uh, I asked the guy that was standing there, boy, he, he was hating on me, boy. And I got through eating, and uh, I finally I, I told him, I said, all right, I've done this now. Why did you feed me like this? Because to them, uh, in their world, they have nothing. They're, they're in the top five poorest people in the world. And so when, when you, they offer you food, it's the best they've got. And to refuse it or to belittle it, you lose them all. You hear me? All right. And so uh, you can't do that, regardless of your opinion. Like I told you, if you don't leave self and opinions home, you're not going to do this gospel. <clears throat> You are not going to be successful in this gospel. You hear me? And so uh, uh, he said, well, I want to show you something. And uh, I said, all right. And he goes in there. and, And when he comes out, the man that I saw dying with tuberculosis and arthritis and all these diseases come walking in there completely healed. Completely healed. And what they were worried about, because where, where I live, uh, how aggressive can I be with this uh, religious deal? You sure? So am I. <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness. Whoa, there's a good one. Let me see if I can get it. 
Yeah, it's pretty big, Luke. Here. No, this is Luis's. <laughs> Don't you, I'll give you the next one. I'll find it. Don't you know you're supposed to impress women and I'm trying to teach him that. So to do that, I need gold and diamonds and rubies and silver. <laughs> Isn't that something? Let me see, where was I? We were talking about spit, yeah. Oh yeah, the, the, the healed guy, that's right. So he walks out and they're, what their worry is, how they gonna pay me because uh, where I live, uh, the religious leaders, uh, it's hard not to say it. They charge for healings. Mm-hmm. Headaches are about 50 pesos, that's about five bucks. Backaches are about 150 pesos, that's about 15 bucks. But tuberculosis and arthritis and that goes on up pretty stiff. And uh, these, guys, these people have no money. And so they were worried how they was gonna pay me, plus the witch doctors, everybody charges. Uh, he had, they didn't have any more chickens or hogs or uh, anything because they had, had paid, they, the, because they have no money, they have to give away their livestock and everything. To, so they keep them dominated, they're slaves, uh, because they steal everything from them. Right? And so, they, and, and I, I told him, I said, is the reason for all the food is you was thinking you had to pay me? And the guy says, yeah. I said, no, 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 no. This gospel I've got is free. Yeah. I explained to them, I'm robbing the United States to come here to, pay, to give you all the free gospel. <laughs> and they didn't understand that, but I, I understand. And so... Uh, I mean, there's people that work really hard and diligently and support our work, and uh, and they'll never know the, what we're doing, you know, and so forth. And so uh, these people don't understand that either, uh, you know. And so he he says to me, well, he said, I was laying here two days, it was 48 hours uh, after you left, and this fire, it was some kind of a heat it started at my head and it came right down my body and as it, when it hit my toes, I was completely healed. Every disease left. I said, that's called the Holy Ghost. Ese se llama el Espíritu Santo. That's the Holy Ghost. Uh, another word for it is el fuego de Dios, the fire of God. Um, and another word is la sanidad del Espíritu Santo, healing of the Holy Ghost. I said, so it don't matter what you call it, it just matters that you get it. <laughs> and from that moment on, and this was an older gentleman, he was a lot older than me, uh, he and I locked up. Uh, he got born again right there, his family got born again, and we started a church. This is how you chart churches where I live. You don't have to have some fancy little plan. All you gotta have is the Holy Ghost power and it works, bang! So it makes you aggressive like me too. But this fellow, ever since then, is a spitter. <laughs> this is a spit deal, finally. But you, you need to know who he is. And who he is, is a man that cannot read or write, but he has raised 22 people from the dead. Amen. Almost one a year since he was saved. 
but he spits on people. It's the weirdest thing. I, I, I just look at him. But I can't fuss at him too much because Jesus did it. <laughs> Jesus. See? I, I, see, this is what I do for a living. I convince people something they think they don't want, I convince them to have it. I won't. <laughs> So you see, this guy, I'm telling you, he spits. I'm telling you, it's the weirdest thing. He spits. People get healed. There ain't nothing. I don't guess there's any disease, is there, that he, he spit on people that they haven't been healed. Every known disease in our area where he works has been healed, and he just spits on these people, rubs it in them, and bang, bang, they get healed. <laughs> I just, that's a little bit far for me, but yeah, <laughs> you better have the Holy Ghost. You see how long it took me to answer her? She didn't know she was asking a question, <laughs> but I did. All right, now then we're going to punch in. And what time did she tell me? Where is she? Uh, 10.30. It's only an hour. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm just messing with her on purpose. So turn over to Isaiah 11. Oh, no, 12. 12. Isaiah 12. Are y'all there? I need y'all. You found one. I was gonna come back and get that, wasn't I? <laughs> I know, but you're supposed to see it and jump down on it. Okay. Uh, I guess we're gonna have two sessions. So in the second session, uh, I'll take a couple of questions. But I want I want to warn you uh, the the hostility and the aggression that some people address me with. I'm very well about giving it back. I'm real good at my job. So be cautious with those religious spirits because what, what, what you don't know is in our work, uh, this year I've lost, I've had two of my main pastors murdered. And they're, they're guys that I got them when they were teenagers and I worked with them nearly 30 years each and uh, these demons killed them. And uh, it's got me pretty much stacked up. I just don't like that. Those are good. They were good guys. And uh, they love Jesus. Some of the most loving people. Wow, they love people way more than I do. And uh, they was murdered. And uh, so it's got me tacked up. And I don't want to make you fearful or nothing. But I, I do want you to understand that I take things serious. Because I'm losing my friends. They're being slaughtered. But that's what we are. Your world don't get it. But we are sheep to the slaughter. That's who we are. We are cannon fodder in a war that neither one of us started. And uh, you don't talk about martyrs much in your world. But in our world, it's very, I have lost so many good friends. It's about 28, 29 of my best friends now. And when you do that and you raise these people up and the reason they die is listening to you and preaching what you've preached, it changes who you are. All right? So, with that seriousness, let's go some, somewhere else. 
It says, and in that day, it's talking about the day they slaughter your friends. It's talking about the day that you get healed. Your, your, the peak of your happiness and the peak of your sadness. They're all the same. Understand me. Uh, last night I made a statement about having a truckload of knives. You may not have known it. I think it might have been in the prayer line. Or it might have been when I was talking. I don't remember. But uh, there was a young lady that, that was offended. And, uh, and I explained to her, you know, that, that there's been like 134 uh, uh, what is not Traitors. Uh, people, good people that make bad decisions uh, become traitors. You understand? And in my life, there's been like 134 of those. I'm talking about ministers that have ripped me off, buddy. Wow, it, it, it's a hurtful destroying, murdering spirit that wants to wants you to stop. But you cannot. You must embrace that as an opportunity for success. Hello? Yes. And the moment it happens to you, it's all right to cry two or three days. That's okay. Because love is really real. And relationships are really good. And when people are using you for the wrong purposes, this is a class, right, for ministers, right? Is this what I'm, is this all right to teach them then? Yes, sure. Or are we doing something else? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get off course too much. Just a little. But when these people hurt you, every day is the same. Like, uh, uh, I, I got a phone call from a guy a number of years ago, and he says to me, uh, boy, I'm blessed, Brother David. I have a million-dollar check here for you. And I said, excuse me, uh, who's it for? It's for you. Do you understand how that can uh, make your day go better? <laughs> If, if somebody gives you a million bucks, I said, do you understand? Because I had always wondered about people who get large amounts of money, uh, why they keep it and, and stick it in all these places to make more money instead of giving it to the poor. Because you sit there and you pray and you fast your whole life for people to give you finances and you, you're, you promise God the minute you get it, you're going to give it away. But most, I would say 100% of the people that get it don't. So my wife and I made it, in that, the day of, of losing my friends, getting killed, that's a sad day. The day of getting a million dollars is a happy day. <laughs> and I have found out in life that they're both the same. And if you don't treat them that way, you're going to have trouble. All right? This is the day that the Lord has made. And it's not only when you get a million bucks. Because, see, I told my wife, I said, if I ever get a million bucks, I'm going to give it away in one day. Well, I wasn't successful. It took three. <laughs> I didn't know how moving around that much money was costly. I, uh, 
I didn't. I never had messed with it, so I didn't know. Y'all understand mess with? Okay. And so um, the bank is not interested in you giving away money. You wouldn't believe the people that found out about it. They called me with all these great investment things. You can increase that money 12%, 12.5%. You know, we can be aggressive and in that six months and then drop it into it. And they go into all these details of, of how to, the proper use of, you know, and the proper stewardship for God's money. And I'm sitting there now and I'm telling Ms. Hogan, uh, but God gave me this because I asked for it so I could feed the poor. Not so I could become wealthy. And so, and, and, and there, this is, I found out this is a really a major debate in the church. I didn't know, I didn't know about it because I didn't have anything. And so, uh, but once you get it, everybody and their brother comes out of the woodwork to tell you what to do with it. <laughs> they don't know you until they find out that, uh, that you've got something. And so what I did is I got rid of it. It took me three days. And we decided not to take any of it. And so that really made everybody mad. It, it, gets, it gets complicated. <laughs> but Ms. Hogan and I decided that we was fine without it. And so we gave it all away. Whether that's right or wrong, God will decide directly, won't he? Didn't change my life one bit, having it or not having it. It's the same. Wow. How about that? That got you quiet. That got you more quiet than the spitting guy. <laughs> but now you know a guy that did it. You can't say you don't know somebody that didn't do it. Now you know. How about that? There are people, let, let me explain that a little bit because look, it says, In that day you will say, I, I will give thanks to the Lord, O Lord, for, for though you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you, you comfort me. See, see, God is not mad at me. Do you know that, that a person that owns the cows on a thousand hills, uh, a million is nothing, not even a drop in his bucket? So, so whether it was a test or not, doesn't matter. Whether I passed or not doesn't matter. What matters is faith in going forward in the name of Jesus. In understanding that, that joy and sadness are the same. Wow, y'all are quiet. Maybe I can get over here and get this before it gets away from us. Oh, it's a little bitty one. But I did get it. It's a little bitty stick of gold. It ain't very big, but I'm not going to spit on it. Um, but it's little, but it's worth keeping. And in that day, you will you will give thanks to the Lord, and you will uh, you will understand that though He was angry, if when you figure out that God is not angry with you. That God is pleased with you. Last night, he's, we're his jewels. We're, we are who he, we are precious in his sight. Uh, and, and our blood is precious in his sight. And, and who we are and what we do is precious to God. We, we need to realize the power 
that's in us. And that you cannot be carried away with success or failure. You must stay steady and move forward because of the Holy Ghost. Because God is not angry with you. God is not angry with you. God loves you. And he knows you. He knows your weakest moment. He knows your weakest moment every day. And he's still sitting there. Don't do that. Come on with me. I got a better way. Come on. Come on. And he's sitting there. His mercy, it's fresh every day, every minute of every hour. The mercy of God is extended to his people. He calls it wooing. He wants you as his bride. He wants you. Oh, he loves you. And, and, and when we, like, I was in Europe, uh, I believe it was Germany, and this boy right here calls me and tells me that ex, ex-pastor was murdered. Uh, I, just, I just flopped down on the ground. You know, there's no describing you how that feels. I love that kid. Well, he was a man, he's 50 years old now, but... Because I've been there so long. I got him when he was a teenager, and then he's 50 years old. You've been there a while. And, and, and boy, this guy was over a whole bunch of our churches. And man, he's a good leader. Man, he, wow. And my thoughts are, how am I going to replace him? Who is it? Who, how can you replace such a pillar? And, and, I'm, and i got to finish my job. I can't come home. Uh, because this is another thing that y'all disagree with. But life or death, they're all the same. If you read Romans 8, but most of you don't. <laughs> and um, angels or demons, life or death, everything's the same. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus' mercy to me. And, and so... Uh, Wow, I told, I told him, I said, all right, I need you guys to go out there. So he set up, I don't remember who it was, the team went out there. Uh, the people that killed him were very energetic about telling everybody how they was going to kill us too. So I, was, I, I thought it was a redeeming factor to go and just see if they can kill everybody. So your world says... Oh, brother, you need wisdom. Well, oh, brother, that is wisdom. They got us. I wonder if they can get us all. That doesn't, that doesn't come into your mind to wonder? It does mine. God's not angry with me. My Bible says he hates evil. He ensues it. And it says to, in my Bible, every day, all day long. So if these angry, evil spirits have hit us, we need to go out there so God can have a platform to take them down. Wow, I don't think like you. This is why I get the dead raised. So... Well, these boys went out there and 
prayed for him to be raised from the dead, and he didn't get up. And so we bury him. And it's sad to us. You have a few days of emotions. And so I called back and I said, you know, I, I was hoping that he got up from the dead, but he didn't. And they buried him. And so now I say, all right, I'm going to be back from Europe or, or India on this day. Um, and I'll be back in Mexico on this day. And the next morning, we're going out there. And the, the, the response is, but they specifically said they're going to kill you if you come. And I specifically said, well, you tell them I'll be there this day at this time. <laughs> well, how do you know? How do I know? Uh, the same way that you don't. <laughs> how do you not know? How, how is it that you know so much that I will be killed? Well, we have proof that they murdered one guy already. That's not proof that they'll murder me. What if, what if I got, it's the will of God to get things stirred up so he can cause a revival? Okay. I know all these things are controversial, but I need you to think. I need you to think past your window of opportunity or experience. Or anybody around you's experience and opportunity. You understand what I'm doing? I'm provoking thought here. And I've got to. If you're going to go forward in the kingdom of God. If you're going to stand up and walk in righteousness. And inheritance of the power of the name of Jesus. You've got to go past the knowledge you're currently living in. And I'm not saying what you're living in is not good. I'm just saying there's so much more. And we've got to have it, don't we? Don't we? And so the day came and boy, I was nervous. I can't tell you the fear that gripped me. It's serious. I'm, I'm hostile inside. I've got fear inside. Uh, dread, uncertainty. Uh, you know, I walk up to Ms. Hogan and uh, my hands are, are sweating. You know, and, and everything. And she says to me, she patted me right. Now, this is my wife that loves me dearly. She patted me on the hand. She said, I'll see you after a while for supper. What do you want? <laughs> and I'm looking at her. You, you know, I can't say nothing back. That means I'll be in doubt. <laughs> so I said, well, how about my favorite meal? Because I'm scared spitless right now and I'm burning a lot of calories. So I need a big calorie meal. <laughs> and she looks at me right in the face. She says, fear is okay, David. Just don't let it dominate you. Let faith dominate you. She says, do you realize you're a human? I said, no. <laughs> She says, I know, but the rest of us do know that. <laughs> and you'll be fine. I'll see you after a while. And I went out there, me and these boys, and uh, boy, we get there, and oh, that's rough. Because it was my first day to confront the family, you know, and uh, boy, oh boy, I love these people. And they're crying, and we all got on the floor, and we wept, and, and then I told them, all right, get up. And everybody stood up. I said, now we go forward. We've cried it out. I'm sorry God didn't raise him from the dead, but now we preach the gospel. That is the answer. Do you hear me? 
if you was wondering what the answer is. <clears throat> I had a pocket full of money. I gave it to the family. Uh, and now you got another, another widow to take care of and so forth and kids and that's how it is. That's what you do. You know the whole thing of taking care of widows and orphans, they got to come from somewhere. Now see, that's what you don't think of. Everybody goes in James, what is it, chapter 1, I think it is, is it? Pure and undefiled religion before God is to do what? Take care of widows and orphans, but you, you don't ever think about where they come from to take care of them. Some of them are martyrs, families. Wow. And that's not in your world, but it is in ours. And uh, so, you know, and, and all of his pastors was there with their wives because the people, the murderers said that they, was gonna, they knew we'd come and when, they, when we got in a pile, they was going to kill us. And so we, saw, we waited, I don't know what, eight or nine, uh, about eight hours, seven hours or something that we was there and they wouldn't come kill us. So we got on our face and prayed and sought the Lord and uh, went home. Uh, and then, then a couple of months later, the Holy Ghost fell, and now I guess uh, because of his death, there's been about seven or eight hundred new converts now. The pastors have lit on fire, and all the churches are full. Uh, the seed was planted, and now we have increase. As horrible as that day was, now we're having a wonderful, you ought to see at every service, the Holy Ghost falls in, takes over, knocks everybody down, eight, nine, ten hours, and then you go home drunk. <laughs> it's, it's really amazing, isn't it? And even though things are not, have not gone our way, and we were disappointed. Now it's turned into joy. Because doesn't the Bible say that joy comes in the morning? It does. All right. I don't, I don't want you to seem sad about it because it was a sad day for us, but it's a happy day now. And in that day you will say, verse 1, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you comfort me. See, the, the, the Lord Holy Ghost is so wonderful and worthy. He is amazing. And, and it seems like everything is turned away from you and turned on you and, and so forth. But that's just not true. That's just, that's just present circumstances. And if you can stay in the Holy Ghost and the joy of the Lord, it's going to change everything around you. And you will be satisfied with the mercy and contentment of the power of God. Do you hear? I'm wondering if you listen. Okay. All right. All right. Let's do verse 2 then. Behold God. See, this is what you, I'm trying to get you to do is behold him. Uh, there's one. And uh, I've spent too much time on that. He's, you got to behold God. He is our salvation. Does anybody, this is a class, so tell me what salvation means. Say it again. 
saved, healed, delivered, and set free. There's a green one. Wow, that's pretty. Saved, healed, delivered, and set free. Saved from what? Whoa, look at that one. From hell. You understand? Saved from hell. What is hell? Eternal punishment. It is a real place. It, it, is, it is horrible. It is demon greed and suffering and punishment. Saved. Healed. What does that mean? Made whole. Say it again. Oh, that's a good answer. <laughs> Healed. What does that mean to somebody else on this side? I heard y'all saying something. Who said made whole over here? Man, them green ones are showing up pretty good here. Who said it made whole? What does that mean to you? What does made whole mean to you, you ladies? <laughs> All right. Do you remember when, when the lady uh, came up to Jesus and touched the hem of his garment? She was afraid. She, would, she was a poor person. Doctors had robbed all of her money. It says it right in my Bible. And how long was she? Twelve years was she with that thing? That flood, that uh, bleeding problem? And, uh, and, and, and the Bible says nothing made it. She just lost all of her money. And that, that means they took her chickens. Well, she didn't have any money to begin with. Just like our people. Same exact thing. And then what'd she do? She snuck up there. And she touched the hem of his garment. And what happened? That's right. Now I studied that. Who said that over here? That's right. It says made every with whole. Now I studied that. See, see, what you got to understand about salvation is, it means that you have escaped from hell. I mean, you are, wow, that's wonderful. Man, listen, everybody says, what's wrong with you, man? Calm down. Listen, if you realize what I know about hell and I don't have to go there, it would make you like me. <laughs> I know people that have died in our work and gone and burned in hell and God raised them from the dead and they've explained it to me. Wow. We do not want to go there. No. Look look at me. I'm, look at that. See that? That's electric. I'm electric. See that? There's electricity running all over me right here. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You don't want to go there. Whoa. 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 All right. But to be made whole. What does that mean? I do know. Because it, it bothered me why Jesus would use the word whole there. Uh, and the reason is to be made whole means that everything that was taken from you has been restored back to you. Now, that's what that word right there means. Now, that's a different game than just being healed. Now, just being healed, suffering 12 years, that's plenty. 
And being a daughter of Abraham, a daughter of the great Holy Ghost covenant, you can, over time, recover stuff. It just automatically comes to you. See, all the fretting people do about blessings is unwarranted. I'm telling you, you worship God with a pure heart, a whole heart, and you, you believe in salvation the way we're breaking it up here, it will change your life forever. One of the, the promises of you and me, us, one of our promises is a salvation well deal. And inside of that deal is healing. Inside of that is wholeness. Inside of that is total restoration. There's some of you sitting right here have been thoroughly ripped off. Well, if you will drop the anger and anxiety and stress and payback and what is it when you... See, I used to be one of these people that wait a long time to get pay you back. Uh, vengeful, what did you say? Revenge, revenge, that's the word. Man, I was good at that. I could sit there and wait and smile because I'm a hunter. And so that's what you do. And, and you know, I'll, I'm serious. And, and, uh, but drop the revenge. You don't owe anybody anything, man. You have been so redeemed and so blessed and so set free. Dude, you, what, what little bit you could get out of revenge is no comparison. It don't even come up on the scale compared to what wholeness will do for you. In restoration. And I do know what I'm asking you to do. Do you know what it's like to have your enemy face to face that killed one of your one of your friends? A while back, I'm sitting at a, a manantial, spring of water, and, and, I, and I'm up in the mountains. I'm hit because it's a hostile environment, and so I'm at this spring of water getting a drink, and the guy, the man. The man that's been persecuting our work for a number of years, 10 or 11 years, he's very wealthy, decided to get a drink of that well where I was sitting. God had me there. You understand what he had to work out to have me sitting there and then have that enemy come there? Do you understand it was just he and I, none of his... Yeah, what do you call the guys that walk around with the guns that help people? Bodyguards. None of his bodyguards were with him, and for him to be alone was astounding. He's a very wealthy individual, and lots of people was mad at him. Not just me. <laughs> and and because uh, he was mean, boy, this guy was mean. As, he was mean as a snake, boy. He's mean as old cottonmouth. Y'all know cottonmouth? Them things, you know, they're non-provoked. You just get close to them and they're going to come and they carry about seven deadly diseases in their mouth. They're just mean. This old guy was mean as a cotton mouth. And I'm sitting there and I'm drinking. I hear this vehicle because it's down just a little ways, probably 30 yards down the road. And I'm, I'm up in those woods. It's a jungle. And you can't see me. You got that? 
I'm an Indian. And when I cloak, I'm like the Klingons. I'm just not there all of a sudden. And I'm sitting there in my bird of prey and I'm cloaked. And this, that's, a, that's a Star Trek deal for any of y'all. So, I know y'all are too holy. I got that. But some of us are normal humans. So... <laughs> so I'm sitting there cloaked and this guy gets out of his truck walks up there and I'm sitting right there look, I'm, just, I'm telling you I'm just looking at him and he walks he never saw me until I discovered myself to him and I am one of those that do that I wanted a piece of this guy so bad I'm telling you I had him in my hands but just because God delivers your enemy into your hands does not mean you have to kill them. It does mean that they need to hear the gospel. So when I uncloaked, <laughs> he was frightened. And he's got a 45 right there. And I, he always carries it. And uh, so when I uncloaked on him, he's, his words were, your God delivered me into your hands. I said, you're right. And now let me tell you what you've been doing. And I explained his misery to us, to him. I said, now, if I was like you, you'd be a dead man and that 45 would be mine. I said, but since I'm not like you, let me tell you about Jesus. And I explained Jesus to him for about 10 minutes or so. Then I said, now, I don't know if God's going to ever give you another opportunity to repent, but you need to now. He said, I'm not going to right now. I said, that's fine. And I just backed up from him and cloaked again and went in the woods and left. See, you got to understand when the Holy Ghost gives you, delivers you, you got to understand because he wouldn't get born again. You know what happened to that fellow? Are you interested? God gave him a chance to repent. Didn't he? Yes. Now, I could have dealt him some misery right there. Nobody would have known but heaven. Oh, wait, wait. There's one more. And hell. So I cannot allow hell the privilege to know that I messed up that bad. Now, can I? When you're representing the Holy Ghost, it's all the time. When you have the advantage. When you have the disadvantage. When you're healed or when you're sick, it's all the same. I'm warning you. In the spirit realm, it's all the same. This guy would not listen. He believed that his power, his money, his friends could deliver him at any time. Well, he ended up... Uh, snapping because of the stress and eating grass like a cow like that king did. What's his name that grew the fingernails? Nebuchadnezzar. I'm glad to be around people that know stuff. <laughs> yeah. He's eating grass out there and the, 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 just like his, he's out there with his cows eating grass 
And, and uh, his, some of his men came out there and just killed him. He's in hell right now. But it's not because God didn't give him the opportunity. Now, that's the negative story. Can I give you a positive story? You didn't stand up yet, so. I'm just messing with you. I'm playing. I, don't be offended. <laughs> I'm going to do the rules. You cannot believe how I do the rules. <laughs> Listen to me. A good soldier follows orders. It don't matter what your rank is. It matters that you follow orders. That's what's important. Is obedience. Leastways, that's what the Bible says. Obedience is better than rebellion is as I rest my case. That, at least if we believe the Bible anyway. Isn't that right? Come on with this. Do you understand I believe we can do this? But there are rules that apply to us that can make us really better than we really are. Watch. This is funny. Is it okay if it's funny? I'm going to lighten it up just a little. Not too much. <laughs> the gospel is serious. And it's great to have fun. I do. I never, I, I'm never not having fun. Like, I was almost late getting here because I was on the iPad 2 thing doing FaceTime with Miss Hogan. And we was just laughing and having a blast. <laughs> I'm serious. I finally told her. I got right up there eyeball to eyeball. I've got to go. I've got to preach the gospel, woman. Let me go. <laughs> okay. And you'll do such a good job, she said. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's right, you know. You tell I have fun with her? Oh, she's such a wonderful toy. I love her so much. Oh, yeah. Hey, 40 years is enough. We can play now. <laughs> I'm serious. All that stuff of them youth, you, you, you young people think y'all got everything so figured out. <sighs> I do now. Have fun with Ms. Hogan. She's such a blessing. Oh, wait, wait. I got to get back to what I'm doing. I'll get to talk about her. I'll be the rest of my life. So. Let me think about it. I got to talk about Jesus, don't I? <laughs> Whoop. Come on, Holy Ghost. I just don't know how, we, how it worked out for us to make it. We was at the bottom of the class. Nobody gave us a chance except the Holy Ghost. And we took him up. Hate it. <laughs> oh, I got to tell you this story. I better get back to my business. Healing. I'm talking about part of salvation is healing. There's another part of salvation than healing. It's called health. Uh, that is not talked about very much. But but when I when I let me not get let, hold on to that. But remind me of that in a minute. You got it. Hold on to it. Grab it. You got it. All right. Somebody throw it at me in a minute. <laughs> I want to talk about that in just a minute. Well, but right now, there's something else. Got to finish. 
talking about this restoration deal. Because do you see that God gave that, that wealthy man opportunity, even though he was a mean guy, he gave him the same chance he gave Paul or Saul when he knocked him off that horse. Remember that? He gave this guy, that, 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 the first guy, the same chance. And, the, and now the second guy, here again, I'm always hiking. I was out like five days or six days or something. And that, that's how long it takes before the fluff falls off of you. You got to get out there and get past the fluff. And then you can actually do something. And so, uh, you know, I'm out there. I'm at this village and, you know, we're hiking and carrying on. And uh, that's what we do all the time. Uh, and so I get to this village and I'm happy because I got back to where my truck was. I've uh, been gone several days. Uh, you know, because in my truck I have my my. My, my daughter makes me these, uh, my second daughter, my third child, my second daughter. She makes me these cookies. She loves me. Yep, I love her back. But she takes these Ritz crackers and she, she gets the Jif peanut butter. And then she gets this stuff she calls some kind of bark or something. And she melts it, it's chocolate. And she sticks seven Ritz peanut butter crackers down in that. And you, son, you can't believe how good that is. See my mouth water? <laughs> anyway, they was in my truck. And so I was really happy to get back to my truck. <laughs> Just to get one of those things my daughter makes. <laughs> Life is still around. <laughs> you know, and I'm there, and we went to the river, and we, uh, there's a thing called mugre in Spanish. Mugre. What is that in English? Mugre is, uh, uh, help me, you speak English? Um, uh, You know that stuff that gets on the horse when you work them and, and it get, it, that foam stuff? Lather! Yes, who said it? Come on with that. Do you have horses? You should. You know what lather is. Anyway, you get that stuff on you too when you work hard enough. And that salt just, boy, your clothes just, oh, they turn white with it. And, you know, especially after three or four days. And you're hiking and all that. And uh, so I was down at the river and I washed these things, you know, clothes. And, oh, it's a good day. And I ate some of my daughter's cookies. And you just lay it out there. When them, them rivers are just full. The water's clear. And, oh, you can just stick your head in it and drink it. And, oh, them high mountains are nice. Hard and dangerous, but nice. Great advantages. You know, and we got all cleaned up and our clothes dried and all that. And so the brothers come get us. You, know, you understand brothers, that's what we call the people that's born again that we work with. Right. Uh, maybe it's religious sounding to you, but it's what we call them, hermanos. They came and got us. and they, So we went, we're going to eat. And now these people in these villages, I told you about this food deal. It, it is of great value to them. And so they bounce us around through different homes 
because everybody that gives us something to eat, their crops prosper and their animals prosper. You cannot believe. There is no, I don't have enough time to describe to you the blessings of God because somebody blesses the anointing in somebody else. See, instead of worrying about all this politics and what they said, he said, she said, and all that, and what I'm going to do about it, you're losing out on the benefits of the salvation of God by walking in man-made religion. We got to get out of that. I'm serious. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I went to this family. They were, they were a small family. You know, they don't have a whole lot of money. And it's always the same story. There ain't no money. But, there's, but the food's awesome. But we dropped the blood finally. In this village. Newer villages hadn't yet. Um, so, man, it was a good meal. I was so hungry because you get out there, you know, for a week or two and you get, you get hungry. They just don't have food, so it's not like you. You don't get three squares a day. You get, if you're fortunate, you get one. Man, we ate. I was so happy to be full. It felt so good. And so we're walking back, and I asked the brothers, I said, is there anybody out here got any wood? Because Ms. Hogan wants a chopping block. Because uh, at our place, I've got a herd of cows, and, and so we're constantly cutting this meat, and but that's a, something she wanted. So I, he says, yeah. We know a place. So he carried me to a, this woodcutter man. And, and I, all I wanted, you know, they, they cut down these trees. And you, your world don't have all this. You just run to Walmart and get one of them man-made deals. But in our world, it, 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 they just take saws. Everything's done by hand still. And they got these slabs of wood. You get these trees, and they're just beautiful. And you just take them, mess with them a little bit, and, you, you know, and they're really nice chopping blocks. So... Uh, they they brought me to this place and uh, boy a couple of I bought, I bought them from them really cheap like a buck or two big old chunks of nice wood and so they run somebody running over so I'm walking back with the pastors and we're it's cool the evening remember when God walked with Adam that kind of a thing and and, it, and it's really nice everybody's full we've had a great time in the Holy Ghost and then. One of the village people that we, I didn't know him, comes running up with its emergency and they're going off in their dialect. And I know their dialect pretty good, but I, they got past me with some words. I didn't understand them. That's another thing about your surroundings. Learn the language of the people where you are. You need to do that. Hey, whoever God's got you ministering with, Learn how they think, how they talk, how they act, and become as close to them as possible, even though you're not one of them. Hello? I've never, see, I don't, I don't dress like Indians. Uh, I'm not an Indian. But I do eat, sleep with them, talk their language, you know, lots of things I've changed to become like to gain them. All right. That's, that, these things were invaluable. And so this person comes up, and I ran over there, and uh, uh, they, they, they're, they're nervous about approaching me because we're on an agenda. 
Do you understand that agendas are dangerous things? I hate timetables. <laughs> I'm playing. You're playing back, aren't you? Okay. Since I don't know you, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. All right, so. <laughs> it's okay if I'm a free man. Yeah. So, they said to me, we got to go pray for this guy over here. So I go, I said, all right, that's fine. We, you know, who cares? I'm going to spend the night here anyway, so what if we don't start on time? What if it is 30 minutes late? Who, I mean, who cares? Tell me about it. Do you know anybody that cares besides me? I'm the only one out there with a watch. <laughs> Come on, think about it. They look up at the sun or the stars and tell what time it is, and they're really close. They're within an hour, those guys. They're good. It doesn't matter if it's night or day. And so anyway, uh, we go around the corner. Boy, when I went around the corner, <clears throat> when I, well, see, the problem is you don't have a clock in here. I haven't seen it. There is a reason. But, 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 but. So... around the corner and you should have seen the blood y'all I'm not kidding you it was gross there was blood the floor was covered the table the chair and, and their houses are small but it still was a lot of blood and there was a couple of small liter, liter, uh, liter, one liter bowls and they had blood in them they weren't completely full but they were it was, it was, they was catching this blood and finally, I saw the source. It was a man sitting there. You should have seen the blood coming out of his mouth, his nose, his ears, his eyes. It had a, a burst aneurysm. And those things leak out wherever there's an opening. And uh, th there's no recovery from those things uh, medically. And especially since we're four hours from a hospital <laughs> in my four-wheel drive. That's me driving. If they got to do it, it's a, day, it's a day getting them out and a day getting them down. So that's two days. They ain't going to make it. So uh, <clears throat> I'm sitting there, and I don't know these people, and I, the brothers are really, really nervous. It's very uncomfortable. But see, salvation, all right, I'm saved. That means I'm delivered from hell. That means I'm delivered from evil. That means I'm healed. I, I'm health. I'm, I'm whole. I'm, but these people are not. So what? What? How do you join the not with the the I am? How do you do that? That's right. So how do you do that? Yeah. So how are we gonna do that? When the guy's sitting there, he's freaked out he's because uh, he's almost dead he lost the loss of blood is so great in the family i'm telling you they are flipped there's no way to reach these people huh wow and i'm sitting out there because but, but even though all right let me think about how to say this to you because you don't understand our world but protocol can never be breached
When you're dealing with Indian tribes, let me, I'm going to try to be nice to you, but your method of dealing with Indian tribes is genocide. That's how you've got this property you're standing on. And I thoroughly disagree with genocide. Excuse me, what'd you say? That's what I thought you was going to say. <laughs> you better not go there with me because I am pro-Indian, buddy. Since that's who I work with 100%. 28 different tribes. All right. Your method is wrong. Let's just go ahead and suffice it and I'll move on. All right. Now, let's try a different approach. Namely, the gospel. <laughs> Most modern Christians leave home with a colonist idea in them on how to approach the world, whether it's the neighbor down the street or somebody in Africa or uh, South America. You need to lose that colonist deal and go with the kingdom of God deal. We are not to recolonize this planet. It's done, been done, and failed. We are to populate heaven with gospel, mercy, love, anointing, and health and healing. All right? So I'm sitting there, but you got to go through this protocol. And boy, you don't break protocol, you're going to cause somebody to get hurt. And finally, I decided, I made the decision in my heart to break protocol because I, it did, the family is so freaked out because you're not allowed on their property unless they give you the nod. Now, their property is small, but it's theirs. And you cannot breach that. But in this circumstances, I made the decision to take the penalty of whatever the village would do to me. And I stepped in without being invited. Boy, that's a negative. And I knew the consequences. And I went in there and I, I'm, in the, I'm standing in the blood now. It's all, and I knelt down and I get a hold of this guy. And I look at his wife. I said, I do not know you and I do apologize, but the God in me is pushing me to ask you to let me pray for this guy. And she looked at me and said, cannot. Now that's the word I needed. You don't know it. It's a 3,000 year old Aztec word. Cannot. That's yes. And so I lay my, huh? You said something? Cannot. So I lay my hands on this guy. In Jesus' name. And right in front of us all, he stopped bleeding. And I, that's frightening. I got blood all over me now. I backed up. And I'm, I'm looking at him. I thought he bled out. You know that's possible? And so I, I'm thinking, whoa, dude, this guy's going to die now. But that ain't what happened. All of a sudden, he came to and the people start wiping him down, getting the blood off of him. And he looked me right in the eyes and he says, That's thank you very much. 
And I go, amo pleno. That means, what is that? What's amo pleno? That means, what is that in English? No problem. Yeah, right. That's close enough. And, and uh, I mean, I'm covered in blood, and I told the brothers, I need to go wash also. And so we went and found me some water. I cleaned up, you know, and got back ready for church, which means just washed it off. <laughs> you know, it's still on my, my britches and all that and my shoes, but that's all right. We had church. And while we was having church, this family walks in, and it was the sick guy. And he comes there to tell me thank you for not letting him die. And, and uh, you know, and I, sure. I mean, ain't that what we do? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Isn't that what Jesus did? Acts chapter 10, is it? Where he, what did he do in verse 38? What about doing good and what else? Healing how many? How many? Who were what? Oppressed by who? So now at least you do know the verse, don't you? So they left. He just came, told me, thinking they left. And in the morning they came back. They brought us some food. We ate it. Of course you ate it. It don't matter, buddy. You have to eat it. And and so we ate it. And uh, uh, and we're so we're, we're you know we're blessed and uh, all that. And uh, he says, uh, I want to get born again. And I looked at him. How do you know the term? born again do you know who this guy was no neither did I the last 12 years of my life he was the number one black magic warlock that was persecuting our work he had killed some of our people and had driven others away from the gospel he was the number one persecutor of the gospel But now, because of circumstance, God had us at the right place at the right time because he was wanting to bring salvation in place of judgment. He deserved judgment because he had murdered, just like Saul in the Bible. He had murdered and consented to and had papers legally to murder all these Christians. And he deserved hell, but instead God knocked him off his horse. And Ananias went over there and laid hands on him and the scales fell off his eyes. And when the scales fell off his eyes, the salvation of God come on him and the Holy Ghost filled him. And he became Paul, the guy that wrote two thirds of what you now call the New Testament. God's into restoring you. Healing is awesome. But inside of healing is wholeness. Inside of wholeness is complete restoration, which includes forgiveness of stupidity, you know, persecution. (laughs) You see, it's not, you see, it's not complicated to me. You see, I don't find it complicated. I find it easy. But see, I don't know all of this is going on. I'm just me having a great time, enjoying myself with the people I love. 
while walking around, eating their food, submitting to the gospel. And God's constantly throwing things in front of us, constantly, even though we don't know any of it. Do we? Do we? He does, don't he? Don't he? Here, let me mark this. I need to go somewhere because we're getting close to the time thing. Let's go over here. I, I want to show you this real quick before time runs out. <laughs> but I'm not going to bring up the thing again, the time thing I'm talking about. <laughs> go over here to 1 Corinthians. Are y'all there yet? <laughs> Is it okay if I'm serious, but I like to have fun? Excuse me? Throw health. Health. You threw it to us and we had to throw it back to you. Oh, no. No. After a while. It was your idea. It is my idea. <laughs> Here, now I want you to get back to me. <laughs> okay. Where are we? Oh, yeah. 1 Corinthians 13. There's something that I want you to look at here in the verse first. This is amplified. If I can speak in tongues of men and angels. See, that's what everybody, wowie, kazowie. <laughs> but have not love, reasoning, intentional, spiritual, devotional, devotion such as inspired by God's love for and in us. I am only a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. We got to go past this stuff. Because, 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 because. There's such a big God. And he wants us to have such a good time. But we get, we get bogged down into these rules. And everybody doing the rules. They're important. I do rules. I am a soldier. I have to obey them, and it's great. But there's a thing. Let me see if I can find this verse here. I know it's in here, but it's escaping me. Um, oh, here we go. Verse 9. For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teachings is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. But when the complete and perfect total comes... See, this is what we're after, right? We want that depth, that maturity. Uh, we, we've got to have it. But to get it, you've got to get past the fragmentary. The, 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 everything's fragment, fra fragmented. Thank you. I do speak English sometimes. These, these words, they, they, they don't, I don't like them. I like Jesus. So... <laughs> I'm serious. No kidding. We've got to get to the complete. I don't know anybody that's there. I know Jesus was there. But I've been in all the continents in the last few months. I've been with some of the largest names in your world. And every one of them are human. Frail, incomplete, fragmented. Whoa, it's horrible. But we're going to step past that. Yeah. Yes. 
And we're not going to be, it's not that I'm not involved. I'm involved. I love these people. That's not the point. The point is Jesus, who is complete, who is not fragmented. Wow. Oh, he's total, buddy. And I'm not talking about the gas station. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. He never makes a mistake. He is never inferior. He's never late. Buddy. Oh, this is making my legs weak. He's hammering me. I'm on the right trail on this. You hear me? We can do this, y'all. I know how you feel like the lady that suffered so long and made so many mistakes and give everything that you got and it ain't working out. And I know that's how you feel. Hang on. <laughs> the river's coming. <laughs> Woo! And I'm right. Look, look at this electric on me. <laughs> Woo! I'm electric. I did that funny guy with the funny vest, Electro Man. What was his name? I don't remember his name. Ernest. He died, you know. He died. I'm not going to die, but he did. But I'm not. I'm going to live forever. That's legal. And I'm going to do it with a good attitude. And I'm going to find that completeness. I'm going to find, everybody says, man, I want to be like Elijah. Man, I want to be like Enoch. Is that so? Well, get past fragmented then. You can't live and hang out and fragmented and be like those guys. If you want God to take you off this planet, and by the way, you only know two of them that were. Everybody else stayed and fragmented, including perfect Noah, including perfect Moses. Oopsa. <laughs> Hello? But we're the inheritors of the power of the gospel through salvation. Yeah. And salvation is not just saved from hell. It's got a depth that's never even been scratched yet. But we will, won't we? Luis, is it 1030? I see you looking at your watch. That means because this guy never forgets. <laughs> He's the guy that we ask. Remind me, Lou. Okay. And buddy, he pesters you. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> if you don't want him to tell you, don't tell him to remind you. <laughs> you didn't stand up. Or did she work? Oh, there she is. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Come on. You, you're good. We're all, we're great. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, you believe it. Okay. <laughs> 15-minute break. Listen for the bell. Be blessed.
hard to find good health expectations. <laughs> okay, now where was it? There you go. That's good. You're paying a little bit of attention. Okay, go back over there. First Corinthians thirteen. There we go. And uh, I'm supposed to stay behind this line. Is that right? Is that right? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's that's plenty of space. Right on the line. <laughs> if you're not on the edge, you're taking up way too much space. Okay, where are we? All right. Uh-oh. What kind of a miracle do you need to hear about? The one that sets people free from themselves. Yeah. Come on. Comes from being a pastor's son, picking up trash. Well, my daddy told me, and he was right also. He preached the gospel 47 years. Good man. Good man. Love Jesus. Because he had me, he always made me paint the back of the building. Had me in the attic fixing things of the church. Had me cleaning up after everybody. I had to go out. One of the worst things I did was pick up cigarette butts. I hated that. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so I had to clean up everything. And he told me, here's what he told me. It doesn't matter who sees you. It matters that the place other people won't work, that you do the best job because you're doing it for Jesus, David. So that always stuck with me. Everybody wants to do the job that gets the most recognition with the most people seeing them so that they can get the most out of men. But Jesus said, once you receive men's promptings, that is the end of your reward. So that's not what I'm after. Have you noticed? <laughs> I'm after telling the truth because the truth brings freedom. Where does it say that in the Bible? 
That's right. Who said it quietly because they didn't know if they was right or wrong? It's John 8, 32. Would you read that? Would somebody look it up and uh, read it to us? John 8, 32. I think it's right there. It might be 33, but I think she's right. Y'all got it found, somebody? That's right. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, way back there, all these people was trying to get us to have a, a famous ministry name and uh, all of that. Oh, the gold is nice, isn't it? Come on, God. And Miss um, Hogan's not here, so I had to paint myself. But everybody wants you to do all this stuff, put your name in it, do this, do that. Uh, but I, I told Ms. Hogan, I, and so we prayed about it for six months. We fasted and sought the Lord. And, and finally she comes in there one day and she says, what has the gospel done for you the most? And I thought about that. It has made me free. She says... That's what the truth is supposed to do for you, David. Yeah. It's supposed to make you free. It's not supposed to bring you bondage or bring you more problems. Or, or you're supposed, if, you, if you receive the truth, it makes you free. That's where we got our name Freedom Ministry. Because of the, of the truth and the freedom. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Right? See that verse 10, but when the complete and perfect total comes, the incomplete and imperfect will vanish. But it don't stop there. It, it becomes antiquated. See, incomplete needs to constantly be dissolved away from you. If you find yourself in a place where you personally feel safe, you're in the most danger you've ever been in. And our culture forces us to seek out our personal safety and comfort. And there is nothing wrong with comfort. Every time I go home, Ms. Hogan has done something to make my life better. I'm telling you, it, it, she's going to do something to make my world turn smoother. She is an amazing human being. I, the gifted person, she can drive four-wheel drives better than I can. She can fix them. Boy, she fixes them sewing machines and them four-wheel drives. It's amazing. And I like that about her. Uh, it's, it's, uh, here's how we got along. We started our life like this a long time ago. We was just starting to date, and I carried her out there, and I got my 30-30 in the truck. <laughs> I got my, <laughs> and I got my pistol stuck in my, in my breeches. So we go out to the bayou right on this bridge, and there's these big old garfish. Them things are horrible. They eat all the game fish up. Yeah, alligators eat them, but that's, so that's a good thing. And so we're there, and I pull out my 30-30, and I'm showing to her, you know, that I'm man. <laughs> and I plopped the round in, you know, and I, bam, I hit this scar, and, you know, I just smile at her. She said, can I see that? <laughs> and I look at, you know, it stunned me. 
So she grabbed my rifle, shifts around and wham! Hits that gar, hands it back. She said, is that what you're trying to do? I should have known right then. But we've made it, and, and in God, together, we're making a complete unit. Yeah. I'm telling you, we're one, and I mean, it's a powerful deal, and I'm telling you right now, in, in my life, my wife is frightening. She, she is 100% right. When she tells me something, it don't matter how much I cringe, or it doesn't matter. It's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> this this deal this deal y'all of completeness and fragmented. You you gotta you gotta you've gotta move forward. I can't let you hang out. I don't care how good your world is. Do you understand how good my world could be if I would change a few things? I, if I would lighten up on a couple of subjects, change the way I talk about a few things. And indulge a little bit of complacency. De, de, no, I know it's wrong. You ain't got to do that to me. I, I, I know it's wrong. That's why I'm not doing it. But I look around and see how my world could be a lot more monetarily valuable. How my home and clothes and lots of things could be different. But I also want to tell you that I choose, I have made a choice, personal, sit down, thought about it, and we've decided to turn away from those things, my wife and I have, together. And, and the way we decided, when we decided to do it, we, it was on, on April the 29th, 27th of this year. Uh, I told her, I, I feel like we're drifting the wrong way. And, and she says, David, you're, you're as insane of a person. I ain't never met anybody as insane as you. I said, I know. And that's the problem, is that I know it. Something's wrong with that. I need a new world of insanity. I, I need a new place in God. Because see, I was offered, there's this, that you're not going to understand this. <laughs> I feel like one of those dogs that got the shocker deal. <laughs> I'm joking. Save Jaws. <laughs> but you don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a world out there that is, I guess it's limitless in finances. There are some warehouses of, it seems like infinite 
uh, wealth. And uh, I've been offered one of them. And I'm, I'm, I'm still, right now today, the threshold, I'm still on it. It's still there. It's, the offer is on the table. Uh, and, but I carried it to Ms. Hogan two years ago when it came. I carried it, and I sat down with it, and I explained it to her. And she says, are there any strings attached? I said, no. They know me. They know I carry a knife. I'll just cut the strings and keep going. <laughs> no strings. She says, well, if there's no strings and it'll help the brothers, isn't that what we've been looking for our whole life? I said, it seems like it. I said, so... I said, I think what we need to do is, is sit down for 30 days, me and you. And we did. We fasted. We didn't eat, drink. I didn't drink. She, she drank some. Uh, she's a, she likes Diet Dr. Pepper. And um, I don't. I think it, it's horrible. Um, so... <clears throat> So it came around on the 10th day of this fast. God spoke to me to leave that wealth alone. That he was my wealth. And that he would compensate it some other way. And uh, boy, I'd, wow, I was thinking, surely that's got to be a devil. So I didn't say anything to Miss Hogan. <laughs> I just wrote down the words exactly on a piece of paper. And so at the end of the deal, 30 days, we get back together and uh, uh, I said, all right. The, one, the wealth was only one of like 25 issues. There's always issues in there. If you're in ministries, there's something. It's always trying to knock you off the trail and distract you. And so I get with her and she says, she just handed me a piece of paper. And word for word, it was on her paper like it was on mine. And so I was content that God had spoken to us. And, and, and uh, wow, it's hard to not take it. I want you to know that. I'm just being honest. It's okay if I'm honest. Yeah. It's hard not to take that because you doesn't suffer so much and you pay such a high price and all that. Of, of, and the longevity of the price is, is the deal. It always gets people. And so what we decided to do, uh, because uh, another, Saluth, another, uh, what, uh, the, the second part of the word for me was the thing that brought you to the door of the wealth, stay with it. And that is not ever asking, uh, you can ask this guy, the only thing I did was say, can we come on these days? That was it. it and then it, from then on, it's him telling me, what do you want? Do you want? Because he's got to ask me. I won't ask for even a drink of water. Now that's called integrity. You, you've got you've got to you've got to understand there are needs immense. When you work with poor people, you cannot believe the needs. And sometimes they and this, there, there's I didn't know all of this stuff. Uh, but you got D.L. Moody believed in fleecing people when they came through the door. Uh, what's his name over in England? 
Huh? Mueller, on the other hand, went to his prayer closet and people came to his door and he emptied their pockets to him. And, and both of those men did great works for God. Moody and, and, and Mueller, those guys are wonderful, magnificent men of God. I've got nothing negative to say. And it won't come out of my mouth. It just won't. You never talk negative of the anointing, ever. Under any circumstances. Regardless of your knowledge. Uh, so, so I, 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 my wife and I, way in the beginning, uh, chose to, uh, we called it faith. It turns out it was, it is. Uh, and now I know it to be the type of faith that Mr. Mueller had, you know, where you, where you actually go and ask God and God. And, and I'm not against other people that do ask. I don't care. I don't care. I, that's, that's heaven in them. But for us, and that happens to be who God's going to see naked standing before him at his throne to judge. You're not going to be there to defend me. Hello. Same for you. Revelations uh, somewhere. Three, I think. So, I don't know. Make sure that's right. Tim, look it up. He's the smart one right there. All right. So, God told us to stay with. And so, what we personally do is, my wife and I, because I'm looking for completeness. <clears throat> I want total. I want, when Jesus walked into a village, everybody in the village was healed. There was never, ever, when he spoke it out of his mouth, it happened 100%. That's total. That's complete. So if you're not that, you need completeness. So your level is not relevant. Completeness is. Understand? I mean, we can talk, I can talk to you for the rest of my life on miracles and never get through them all. Never, ever. Ever, never, never, ever. There was a lady in our work. Where I live, women, when I first went there, it was way worse than it is now. But and it's not my fault. I, I don't change culture. I preach Jesus. Understand? Did you hear me? You're not called to change culture. It doesn't matter if you understand it. It doesn't matter if you agree with it. You're there to preach Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's a serious one there. <laughs> oh, I need to talk about that, but I won't leave it alone. I'll tell you what I do. I'll get a drink of water. <laughs> okay, so where are we? Uh, I got to tell you this story. It's really a wonderful deal. <coughs> verse 11. You know there's an, almost always another verse. <laughs> and some of them you don't want to read. And to me, this is one of them. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Most modern 
lead nation Christians stay as a child. You like the coddling and the diaper changing. You like the spoon feeding. You like the bottle. You don't like having to go out there and grow your own cow and eat the meat. You don't, it, it takes actual maturity and knowledge to do that. You have to go forward to do that. You have to, and I'm not lumping you in with everybody. I'm going to allow you to prove me wrong by your actions by your maturity, by the stately grace of the fresh oil in your horn, Psalms 92. Do you understand? You find that verse? Revelations what? Three what verse? What number? Yeah, 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 that's the one. Revelations 3, what? 15, 16? 16, 17. All right. Nice. You're getting bigger. And um, I, I'm not here to rebuke you and curse you and belittle you. I'm here to lead you into maturity past your fragmentation in childhood. To do that, I've got to take you by the hand. I can't drive you with a whip. I have to lead you by example. And so my wife and I chose, all this goes together, by the way. My wife and I chose not to take the wealth. We chose because God spoke to us because I was going to. And I still look at it every now and then. Uh, and I believe that's because I'm a human, I think. Hopefully I'm not in rebellion. And because um, I have this stack of invitations on my desk. It's a few thousand around hundred and something nations. It's an awesome deal. And I never ask the size of churches, the amount of money, the type of food, the type of surroundings. I never ask any of those things. That's not relevant to me. What is relevant is the will of God and the Holy Ghost power when I get there. All right? And it does get me into some situations. But on the 27th of April this year, Mrs. Hogan and I started a 40-day fast. We sit down together. It's just us two. They're, they're in Mexico, and we're sitting in our office in, in Texas, South Texas. And I'm closed off to the outside world, uh, you know, no, no cell phone, no Internet, no nothing. I, I'm closed. It's over. And on the first day, I'm a total fast person. Uh, I know that's upsetting. No water, no food, no drinks, no nothing, as long as I can take it. Just lay in the presence of God as long as I can. Uh, and, and, I, and I was able to this time for 10 days. That's a miracle after four days. Um, uh, it's on purpose. Uh, it's a threat to my life um, and all of that. And, and it's in its own purpose calculated because I want heaven. I'm after completeness. 
Man, I want God. I can't tell you. He was explaining to me earlier about how he feels and intensity and so forth. But, he, you know, and I'm looking at him. I'm just vibrating, you know, as he's talking to me. Uh, I'm going to show you a few levels you ain't even thought of yet, son. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not going to read them to you out of the Bible, even though I can, because Moses, Elijah, Jesus, all these men that I want to be like, every one of them didn't eat for 40 days or drink for 40 days. And every one of them, God, full glory came to And I'm going to be like those guys. I am. I'm going to be complete in the name of Jesus. And the way you do it is you get in his presence. You don't let anything knock you off the trail. No matter what. Ah, no matter the price. It's longevity of submission that brings about the reality of the truth. It does. And so, <clears throat> I'm sitting there looking at Ms. Hogan and, you know, and we're happy to, and because we're, we're both of us are right at 60, we're coming up on 60 years old and, and we're happy to be examples and be, be, be what people can look at and, and honestly, it be a truth, a truth. I said a truth. I don't know who's right. I know that I'm following the gospel. And I hope I'm close. How about that? And I am a definite person too. Believe it. I have an opinion on everything. <laughs> Old as I am, I got it figured out and everything for me. I'm going to stay there. <laughs> it's working. So. And we decided, this is what we decided. She, she was a little nervous because I am such an extremist. You can't believe how calm I'm being for you, not to frighten you. I'm sorting my words out so that you won't be completely blown off. So at least you'll leave, be left with some skin, you know. <laughs> and so she says, all right, how long are you going to do this? I said, I'm going to go as long as I can. All right, I'm fine, she says. Uh, what do you want? I said, I think I want you and I to read through the Bible together for 30 days, in 30 days. So we figured out how many chapters there was, and it's something like, I don't know, what is it, 1,090-something or 60-something uh, chapters. And so we just did that by 30 days, and that's how many we was going to do a day. So I chopped, it up, chopped the Bible up into four sections, and we went after it. You cannot believe how enlightening, how much enlightenment there is when you read the entire Bible straight through as fast as you can. God changes. He is a magnificent being. His plan is wonderful for us. He is a hundred percent right, and we are a hundred percent wrong. Yeah. At our best state, yeah. we're nothing more than foolishness. Yeah. Yeah. 
figure out whoever the best person that there's ever been and a court, you put them upside Jesus and they're just foolishness. It's his mercy, it's his grace, it's who he is in us that makes us anything. It's amazing. Now, saying that, because that's who I want to be, is who he is. I don't have any other aspirations in my life. I have overcome them all. I want to be like Jesus. My goal is Psalm 17, the last verse. I will only be happy when I wake up in your likeness, O oh God. Let's read that. I want to read that. Just for my own personal consumption. <laughs> Psalm 17 is the very last verse. As for me, verse 15, I will continue beholding your face in righteousness. Hallelujah. This is my goal. Every day to behold the face of the Lord in righteousness, justice, and rightness, and right standing with him. To walk with you, Father. Now look, if anything satisfies you besides this, you're incomplete. So that's all of us. Got it? I like to fish. I'm incomplete. It satisfies me. I, I'm not kidding you. The other day I got to go in South Texas. I got to go. Does anybody know speckled trout? <coughs> Son, I got to go speckled trout fishing. They're called Atlantic speckled trout. And they're all in the Gulf. And there's, I guess, trillions of them things. And most of, in South Texas, you're only allowed to keep five where, I, where we fish. I don't get to fish much, but every now and then. And they have to be 15 inches or bigger. And you can only have one over 28 inches. They're intent on the population being big and healthy and strong. And that's a great thing, in my opinion. Because I like to catch them. And I've never, I have not fished much since I got born again because I used to be possessed. Possessed with fishing and hunting. I had no... No other life. Work was secondary. My family was secondary. Trapping, hunting, and fishing was my entire consumed life. And I was very good at it. And then the Holy Ghost interrupted my life. The day, I remember the day that I gave away my boat, my nets, my guns. I had 17 guns, high-powered caliber, lots of other ones. When I came back from giving all of my junk away, my wife was laying in the floor in a puddle of tears. Now, I thought something really drastic happened. And so, I mean, I get down there, what's the matter, man? What's wrong with you, dude? She says, you haven't been lying to me. You just gave your gods away. And from that moment on, we've been a pretty good team, you know, and because uh, I told her the truth. She liked that. 
And uh, but since then, now, now in the last little while, I've, a couple pastors brought me fishing and that, and so it, it, it's back in my life. But now in moderation, very light moderation. And but the other day I was fishing. Son, I'm telling you, and I, on, on the boat I was on with some of the ladies that I work with, they're 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 great soldiers. They're they haven't been uh, ever fishing in their lives. And I thought because of the stress of our work, there's no describing to you the pressure we're under right now. God's forming some wonderful diamonds in us, and we will yield in Jesus' name. And, and so I, I asked these husbands and my wife and everybody if it's okay to bring these people fishing because they've never been fishing, and, and wow, the fish is biting, and wow, and it'd be fun. So I bring them out there, and the first two hours, I couldn't believe how hard it is to keep people fishing. I've never been a guide in my life. I don't think I would. I didn't like it. Had to bait, had to cast, had to everything. It was horrible. And there was a whole stack of them in there. And I was, I was working, you know, and nobody was, they couldn't catch them. They didn't, it was awful in there. Everything, it was weird. Finally, one of them hooked up. Y'all know what a red drum is? Son, I like catching them things. And one of them hooked up on a red drum, and once she, they saw her, the other ladies saw her catch. Uh, uh, I told them, I said, now, I want every one of you on one of those fish. You have to have that feeling of what that feels like to have that 25-inch fish trying to pull you in the ocean. And, and you, they've never ever experienced it. So I said to them, this is what we're going to do. We, sit, we stopped. Everybody put their rods down. I said, now say this with me. In the name of Jesus, fish, God gave me dominion over you. And we all prayed the dominion deal. Now I said to them, fish, come to these ladies' hooks in Jesus' name. Everybody, we threw everybody's rod back in and they never stopped. There was so many fish. And these ladies caught on to the dominion deal. And the whole, when it goes under, you, when, 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 you, when you're feeling pulling, you're supposed to pull back thing. And uh, wow, we started loading the boat, man. Limits was coming in and I was happy. Because they actually outfished their husbands. And that, you, that blessed me on top of the world. Because men have this deal about that. And it's so much fun when you can just topple their little world. For the right reason, of course. And so, uh, and I'm out there. Finally, they caught on to the casting, the baiting. And I'm just sitting there going... The amount of patience was not very much compared to the results. Yeah. Understand it? Yeah. And so I'm enjoying myself. So finally I picked my rod up and I threw it out there. First three casts, my line was broke three times. <laughs> the fish was so large and I had never done that. I, I, I can fish. Bang. So I restrung on the boat. You don't do that. I restrung my rod, threw it out there. The next cast, 
Now listen to me. You talk about a miracle. I saw the water's only, it's the bay. It's the bay. Yeah. And the water's only that deep. I saw him glint sideways and go this way and hit my, my cork started singing across that water. And man, I reared back on that thing. I thought it was a redfish because of the way it was running. And I thought, this is a bull red, meaning over 28 inches. Man, I'm fighting this thing. 20 minutes later, we get him up close to the boat. And it wasn't. It was a once-in-a-lifetime 30-inch-and-a-quarter speckled trout. Wow. And I'm sitting there. Listen, you cannot believe the mileage I can get out of preaching this. Because people who are not organized and don't know how to do something, most people write them off and won't train them. But we need to have the patience. Because God wants you with a trophy. The way you get to your trophy is through patience and honor. You listen? Calm down. You're going to get that trophy. Do you understand that I am, that, that there's people that have hunted and fished that bay for 30 years and never caught anything over 28 inches? And you'd think everybody would be happy because you're so blessed. They, listen to me, the more blessed you are, the more hate there is. And then now you've got a new world to contend with. Most of us think because now my life's sorted out, straightened out, and I've got some trophies, God's with me, things are good. Everybody's going to be blessed by it. It's the contrary. It's the opposite. They hate you. They want you a drug addict, a prostitute, a pimp, a, a murderer, a thief. They want you so they can dominate you. But you full of the Holy Ghost running around getting trophies, they can't control you no more. You are under the power of completeness and total. Oh yeah, and I'm right about this. Which brings me to the lady in the work. In our world in Mexico, women are really still underfoot and I don't treat my wife that way I don't give a flip what anybody says I don't care who it hair lips or displeases Ms. Hogan treats me like a king because I treat her like a queen and that's how it's going to be and stay I like being treated like a king get that kingship is because you know how to make somebody a queen and people around me start picking up on that. I'm aggressive on all kinds of things. But boy, when it comes to Miss Hogan, I like her. So, and people, rec have you figured that out yet? <laughs> all right. So, and, you know, she's morphed, she's old, she's a grandma, you know. She's not even close to the person. She's, she's 15 people away from the one I married. You know, and all of that. But, but none of that matters. I'm sorry, it's just how it is. It's the truth, and truth has to come out. But I told her in this fast, I said, you, I got her picture, and I brought it to her. I said, I want this one back. And she says, you stuck with this one, honey. 
And I got her and held her and I said, thank you for that response. Because that's the response I was looking for. Because I'm happy with the one I got. Because this is the one God gave me. And it makes me blessed. <laughs> so anyway, in our work, uh, uh, because of my joy about my wife, it works, it gets in other people. And so this, this lady uh, in, in our work, a pastor's wife, she, she uh, uh, come up, their children got up and uh, there's not enough money. There never is, is there? It's rare if it is. There's a 12% of people that live with enough. Everybody else lives in need. That's true. Look your, look your numbers up. That's even in here in the United States. Even in Europe. It's the same. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, so her kids need clothes because where we live, the schools tell you what you're going to wear, how you're going to wear, what you're going to look like. And it's a good idea that everybody is the same except... For in our tribes, they can't even come up with that. So it puts a lot of stress on things. So the, the mom had to go. Uh, she's barefooted. She's got, she don't even own underwear. And she's got only one dress on. And that's all she owns. And she shows up at this multimillionaire's house. I know this guy. Bangs on his door. And the head of the household comes. Uh, he's got something like a hundred and something uh, people that work there. Uh, I don't want to call them servants because that's not the right word, but it seems like it is how it is. And he comes there and he says to her, we don't give beggars anything. See, it's amazing how the comfort world views you. You may not be a beggar. You may be a child of a king. But their perception of you is how they view it. So I'm cautioning you with that. That's what I'm doing. So this, uh, this, this woman says, I'm here to work. My kids are in school. Please, I'll do anything. I don't, I don't care what the jobs are. And, and he says, all right, I'll go ask, but they're not going to let you work here. You're an Indian. You, you look at you. They cannot allow you in, this, in the premises. She says, I cannot help who I am. And look, you cannot be offended, see? This, this is what I've got to get you past the fragmented deal. Because the fragmented deal is fragmented because of offense. Understood? Yes. The reason it's fragmented is because you've taken on something that you shouldn't have never picked up. So it don't allow the total to be there all the time. Because you got something else in its place. So what I'm saying is, I guess, it's your fault the reason the total's not here. And once we accept responsibility for that, we can fix that. And it, but until, as long as you stay in denial and it's always somebody else's fault, you'll never get the total. You know I'm right about this. I'll tell you, 
I know it's my fault. I am the least, and I'm going to God for the most. I'm telling it's I'm going to do this. So there you go. And uh, so this lady, she's very, she didn't take offense. She didn't take, uh, boy, oh boy, you can raise up so easily to defend yourself. It's not your fault. You was born this, you was, this was happening, that was happening. And on and on and on goes. So she says, uh, please. Okay, I'll go ask. So he goes in there and they gave her this scrubbing job. Boy, it was rough. But she's happy, happy, happy. What's oh, some more stuff coming? She's happy, happy, happy. Boy, she's happy. And it's the worst, stinkiest, ugliest job there is. Using chemicals, and, but she didn't care. Got to take care of them kids. Y'all know, some of y'all. And so, and, but while she's there, see, the whole deal, the humiliation, the lack Everything is orchestrated by the Holy Ghost. If you're yielded to him, he's in charge of your whole world. That means it's going to change. What does it say in Romans? Everything works together for who? For the good of who? The call. If that's who you are, that's who I am. All right. She's in there and she's working, working. She's a good worker. Boy, she wants this so bad. She ain't allowed. Everybody's humiliating her, making fun of her. Because that's just what you do to the people you're standing on. Isn't it? I said, isn't it? And I'm telling you, it's sin, so stop it. You lift people. You don't stand on them. Everybody is our equal. You dressing differently and having better doesn't mean they're worse. It means they need you to help them. <laughs> so, day goes by day and all of a sudden, but while you're there, you hear things, right? You're on the job, you hear stuff. She don't have any right to speak because she's the lowest of all. So she's working, working. She hears about the main guy, the actual owner of that world. He is, he is the most educated man in their area. He is the most wealthy. I'm talking several hundred million U.S. dollars. This boy is powerful. Governor comes in a helicopter, sits on his house to talk to him to get advice. He goes frequently to Mexico City to the president to give advice. I mean, this man is connected. But he has a problem. He's got leprosy. Now, guess who God has there? Come on. The lowest member of the world is scrubbing the worst places of his world. He don't know she exists. He don't know anything about her. But God brought her there with a good attitude in a hostile event toward hell. Just looking to fight. I know I told her myself. <laughs> 
If you don't fight hell in a day, you must repent. I teach my people from the day they're born again, they can raise the dead. It's not about what you know. It's about who changed you, who forgave you, who loves you, who blesses you. His name is Jesus. It's not about other people's opinion of your value. It's about his opinion of your value when he raised his son from the dead for you. <sighs> and I'm right about this. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... He, she finally, after several days, heard about the owner, the master guy. They call him the amo, el amo de la casa. And she heard about it. Both of his legs are eaten off just above the knees by leprosy. I'm just going to get you. <laughs> This is not my fault. <laughs> I'm hunting satisfaction like everybody else. But it's not in hamburgers or clothes or cars or some sort of religious deal. It's in the blood covenant of the great one. It's in the resurrection power of the mighty one. <laughs> the holy child. Jesus. Shetana. <laughs> Man, this is what it feels like when you raise the dead. The way I feel right now is how it happens when you raise the dead. I'm serious. This is what you feel like when they get up right here. Man, I like this. My goodness, thank you. Holy Ghost. My goodness, I like this, man. I'm electrified. <laughs> My goodness. Lift Jesus higher. Lift Jesus higher. Lift him up for the world to see. He said, be lifted up from the earth. I will draw all men. You lift him high enough, they'll come to it, buddy. I'm right. I'm so happy. <laughs> I wish Ms. Hogan was here to see it. My goodness. So she heard about this Amo, the owner guy. And uh, she went, she just left her scrub brush. 
<laughs> and she did what Christians do. Born again, Holy Ghost, blood bought Christians. She went to her boss, said, I heard the amo of the house has leprosy. Is that true? He said, it is. She said, I need to see him. <laughs> see, it depends on your agenda as to who you're intimidated by. Don't it? I said, don't it? <laughs> Man, I love this. See, all of a sudden, her fear has been washed by the blood of the Lamb. All of a sudden, the, her needs for money have been dissolved away by the needs around her. You hearing me? Because she's going to lose her job. There's no way they're going to let her stay. They are religious demons. There are shrines everywhere. All in that house. Thousands of dollars for these demon idol devils. Cowards. So she goes there. She's, he says, look here, darling. You, you, you go back to work. What are you going to think you're going to tell him anyway? Oh, I know how to get him healed. He begins to explain to her, like all of y'all do, the great excuses you have. I've been to the best doctors, been to the best hospitals, paid the best money. He had been to America, to Japan, to South America, to Europe for, to be healed of his leprosy. And no one can heal leprosy but God. And so she said... I can get him healed. I promise you I can get him healed. He said, you cannot promise that. He, she said, I can promise you that. He said, listen to me. You go back and do your job because we're going to lose. You're going to lose your job. And your kids schooling and everything's going to be out the window. She said, nothing doing. You understand the price she's willing to pay? <laughs> she said, it's your life. He went in there and talked to the guy. Uh, you know, because even though he run the whole house, he still had to get an audience with the fellow. And he, he cursed him out. Because just like me, I know there's no cure, just like he does. I know that man. He is a ruthless individual. And the, 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 the head of his house said, look, please, five minutes. Fine. So here she goes, barefooted. No, she don't have any, only thing she's got is a little old slip over dress. She goes walking in there. She smells, she's an Indian. <laughs> she smells like a village. <laughs> and he looks at her. You got five minutes. How do I get healed? She said, it's easy. His name is Jesus. You repent, you devil, and God will heal you. Or you die in your sickness and you go to hell. 
See, your world don't make allowances for people like us. But I gladly stand behind every word she said. Because it's very healthy when you stand up for Christ. Because he has a tendency to get beside you and not back you, stand in front of you and protect you. <laughs> he said, get out! So the guy that hired her took her physically, physically threw her out the back door. Bang, bang, bang. So she went to the park of the city, that little old town, and she's there crying, explaining to God just how she was misused and abused. And explaining to God just how rough those people were to her and why should it happen since she was doing the will of God and, and loving him and telling him the truth. And she, she and all of a sudden the guy that threw her out found her. Come now with me. And he grabs her, forced her, those guys with her. They brought her back and threw her down at the guy, the rich guy's he's laying on the mat because he don't have no legs threw her down there and he says to her help me <laughs> she said I'll be right back <laughs> she took off she ran back to the village two and a half hours gets her husband the pastor brings him back and runs in there she, and he's, he's dragging his feet nothing he don't want to go up in there and she said, I, I can't explain it to you like he can. But he's going to explain you the gospel, and you're going to get born again, and you're going to get healed. So her husband, saying courage came on him because it's catching. <laughs> See, courage is catching. It don't matter how much fear and dread and intimidation is available. If somebody can have a little bit of courage, it somehow makes its way in and starts taking over everything. Courage in the Lord Jesus is a dominant effect. Very dangerous, but he's dominant. <laughs> he explained the gospel to that man and that guy. Here's his exact words. What must I do to be saved? He gets born again. They lay their hands on him. Nothing happened. And he said, I'll be right back. Pastor gets on a bus, comes to my house. Bang, bang, bang on my door. We need you. We need you right now. I said, so he explained the whole deal to me. And I'm just sitting there. I ain't going. It's crazy. That guy kill all of us. He won't. He got born again. Now, let's go. Get me. Let's get in your truck and let's go. So I went in there and changed my boots. Told Miss Hogan, I'll never see you again. <laughs> she pats me on the back. I'll see you at the while. We'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> I went out there. I couldn't believe it. I went up in this opulence, you know, and it, it really, it doesn't affect me anymore, but it, it, it's just beautiful to me. I'm just, I admire those statues. I hate them, but they're beautiful. They're wow. You know, they got all these gold and all this stuff. 
and they're just pretty. And so I, I walk up in there, man. There he is. Oh no! <laughs> and what I had heard about him was true because I met him before he lost his legs, and then now he lost his legs. And I go up in there and I said, "I guess they told me you're born again." He said, "Yes, I'm born again." He said, uh, "Now, David, they told me that uh, your God's going to give me, you know, heal me." I said, "Who told you that?" He said, "She did." And she looks right at me. She says, you told us in the last time you was in our village to do this. <laughs> yep, I did. <laughs> and I turned and looked at him. She's right. Her courage got on me now. <laughs> you hear me? And we, we sit down there, listen to me. It's a long story and funny. I ain't going to go through it. I'm tired of talking. It took us, it was about three or four weeks, right in that range, about a month or a little bit less than a month. God, not only did he heal that guy, he grew two new legs. It's called creation. <laughs> it's called creation. Creation. God said, let there be. Show me the verse where he stopped it. Anybody, y'all are smart people. Y'all are in school. Show me the verse where he said, stop letting it be. What was that? I know. It's not there. Oh, but I've never seen it. Oh, but I don't believe that. Oh, like you count? What counts is the word of God. Now, come on. I'm telling you, fragmentation is wrong. Completeness and wholeness is right. Total is right. Jesus is right. Resurrection power is right. We can do this. I'm so glad to be part of that deal. Whenever he got his new legs, I couldn't help it. I just couldn't. I had to get down there and feel of them and feel of them new toes. I've done that several times. We've had so many creation miracles. And I had to, I just have to feel of the new stuff. Arms and legs and toes and hearts and ears and eyes. What about that one? I tell you what, put that in your pipe and smoke it and I'll get some more for you. <laughs> Because it says, I shall be fully satisfied when I awake to find myself beholding your form and having sweet communion with you. Is that not what it says? Now go back to uh, Isaiah uh, 12. Because there's a string of things I want to talk about just for a moment. You talk about changing your world. You get a multi, especially somebody with hundreds of millions, saved. you You can do something. There are governors, there are people saved. You ought to see who God's saving these people now. You ought to see it. Phenomenal. There's a guy that got born again in South Mexico that he's super powerful. His family, I don't know how many hundreds of millions they are, but they, they got factories. 
They're very wealthy people. And this guy gets born again. The family, the mafiosos, the cartels can't afford somebody of that caliber to get born again. So they capture this individual. And it's the whole scenario, the guns, the scary, the, the, the hood over here and the, the whole deal. They get him out in the monte, out there in the jungle, cut him loose and take the hat off of him and he knows all these people. And, and he says to him, where are you gonna take me to, to uh, kill me? Why you gotta take me so far? Why don't you just kill me right here? Well, we've been ordered. We got specific things we gotta do. So he starts talking to him about Jesus and about his life and how he's been born again, how God has radically changed his life. And one of the guys starts talking to him favorably. Now this is a murderer. This is a paid assassin. You understand? The other assassins tell him, chill out. And they cursed him out. Stop that. And, and all of a sudden, remember Paul? He figured out some of them were sad you sees and others were fair you sees. <laughs> so he spoke into the sad you sees and the fair you sees got hostile about it. And what happened? Confusion broke out. What happened to Paul? They released him. So he began to speak into this guy's life. I mean, prophetically quoting verses to him. He didn't know but a couple of verses. He hadn't been saved very long. And he spoke into this guy's lives. And this favorable guy told the rest of them, we need to let this guy go. Ain't nothing wrong with this man. And they, the other guys turned. Do you understand who paid us? If we don't kill him, they'll kill us and our families. And he turns it, the, the favorable guy turns his AK-47 on the unfavorable bunch and just opened fire. And they turned back and they started a firefight. And while the firefight's on, the guy that preached took off running. He got away. Did you hear me? The, uh, the results of the life and death thing is not valuable. What's valuable is God's deliverance. You understand? In our world, that's not possible, is it? What happened was intervention. What happened was God's power. What happened is the worthiness of the kingdom came forward and changed the situation. Verse 3 says, therefore with joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. How hard could it possibly be to preach when these guys are fixing to assassinate you? How hard could it possibly be to preach in a home of multiple millions where there's no cure and you're standing there, the lowest rank of all, and you need this job, but you must preach. See, everything has to be done with joy. That's why I'm telling you it's the same. It started out in the other session. It's all the same. As long as you're in the joy of the salvation of God. That's why you must understand God's mind. God's mentality, God's opinion is what's favorable in the situation. It says right here, in the day, in that day, see here we are back to that, verse one was, and it says in that day, 
Verse four says, and in that day, give thanks to the Lord. What's the first thing you do? I've got the Amplified. Uh, they don't have it up there, that's all right. Uh, I'll just tell you out of here. There's a list in the Amplified. The first thing you're gonna do is call on God. See, whatever your situation is, it doesn't matter uh, if it's favorable or not. The first thing you do is call. God, woo! Help! It says, call upon his name. Now, this is how you call upon his name. There's another list. You ready? By means of solemn entreaty, you declare, you make known his deeds. What do you think I'm doing here? I'm declaring to you the goodness of God. I'm speaking over you the truth of the gospel. And it works. When we do it his way, it works. It changes environment. It changes everything. Nothing can stay the same. If it's negative around you, gospel joy changes it. Declare and make known his deeds among the people of the earth. Proclaim. Do you understand I've been declaring to you I have not made any options other than declaration? Do you understand I'm exalting Jesus? There is no other means I'm presenting to you other than the resurrection power of the name of Jesus. I've got it isolated because this is God's way. God's way. I'm telling you, I saw a, 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 a young woman with a baby with no eyes that it, the baby was born without eyes. It's about three years ago or so. Could be four years ago. Uh, I, I lose track. They, they always fussing at me about it. Uh, but, but, but she, this baby was born without eyes. There's no gospel. There, the, the, the surrounding area has zero Christians. And one of our American missionaries, one of our directors, or we call them that, they're elders, this guy he goes, they go and they, they go three villages past our perimeter, which is Pioneer stations that we have. Well, they're brand new opening up places. It's three villages past and they find this baby born without eyes. And they lay their hands on it. And the third day, I was, the third day after they prayed, I was in the perimeter uh, in one of the brand new works. And, and there, so all these people came. It was a big deal and wow and frightening. And Miss Hogan was there and all this stuff. And, and it was really amazing. The Holy Ghost fell on us. And then this woman comes up and shoves this baby at me. I don't know anything about it. I thought because I always get the broke stuff, you know. <laughs> Everything they give to me is always broke. <laughs> and I thought the baby, so I'm, because I'm a grandpa, I, I took all the clothes off of it. I got it here naked in front of me. I'm trying to find out what's broke, what's, you know, what's the matter, what tumors or no, some body part that's missing or something. And that baby was healthy. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, a certain amount of experience being a grandpa and you can understand a few things. And so I put the clothes back on the baby and I start talking to the lady and all of a sudden she starts trembling, bang, she falls down. So then I get the, 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 the 
American missionary up there, and I'm explaining my problem to him that I don't know what's going on. He bang falls down. And then I get the elder, the Indian elder up there. I didn't know they were the exact guys that gone prayed for, prayed for this exact baby that didn't have eyes. I didn't know any of this. And let, boom, he falls down. And I'm, I told Miss Hogan, this baby's got power. I got to have this. We got to buy this baby. I'm going to adopt this. We got to have this kid. This kid's got power. And she says to me, help yourself. Help yourself. I said, all right, I'll do it. I'll buy this little critter. As soon as mama gets up, I'll just give her some money and just take it home with me. And uh, y'all, I know that don't suit y'all's world, but y'all wrong, so. Because uh, if the mama would have given that baby to me, I'd have took it. Uh, just what you do. So, anyway. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, they all start getting up and everything and find out that the baby just three days ago, because the witch doctor was there and all his cronies, and they were all there to find out how the baby had grown eyes. And so here comes the witch doctor up after seeing all that display of power, just like in Acts chapter 8. What was that guy's name, Bartimaeus or something? Or... <coughs> Simon, sorcerer. He comes there and he's telling me, man, what is this power you got? And I'm looking right at him. You're a witch doctor. You should know it's the Holy Ghost. It's the thing you're always trying to overcome. And he says to me, I want this power. I said, then the way you get it is you bow. I said, you cannot get it by buying it. There's not enough chickens in the world to get this. You don't, there ain't enough blood to sacrifice to get this. He said, I don't care what it takes, I'm getting it. And a whole batch of them got born again. <laughs> Every one of them. It's easy starting churches, you see, just get new eyeballs popping in people's heads. <laughs> that was my first time to see double eyeballs pop. My first time. I was very happy to see that. Pretty good, huh? Okay, y'all stand up, please. My son told me we got to go eat. (laughs) Good, buddy. Thank you very much. Okay, we're going to pray. Is that all right? Now, I'm not going to pray for individuals per se. But if you understand this completeness that I'm looking for, and and you do realize that I'm not trying to be overbearing or rude to you or unmannerly. I'm trying to walk in love in 1 Corinthians 13, and I want the best for us. I want us to go past the immaturity to the maturity in Christ. I'm not challenging your, your, your character or none of that. I, I'm telling you the church as a whole is immature. It's lost. It, it really, there's lots of moves around. There's lots of great 
power shifts around. I, I'm involved in a lot of them. And, and, and there's gold and diamonds and there's, there's shaking and there's rattling, but there are very few changes taking place. We need our hearts rattled, like our flesh is being rattled by the presence of God. And I'm all for it. You see me. I'm, I'm serious. I'm blessed. I'm electric. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Man. But if that's you, just come right down here on that little old line. If you, if you really, really are serious about it, step it on in. Because a lot of you are neck deep already, but we got to go deeper. We got to lose ourselves completely. And I'm not challenging you under any circumstances. <laughs> Me too. Wherever the line is, just a little past is great. That's right. That's right. <laughs> just to be legal. <laughs> Y'all, this is for me. I'm speaking for myself. I want this. I'm on the trail of it. I'm hunting this coon. I want it so bad. <laughs> this old dog here still hunting. Now, if you come in here and you're sick in your body and you need God to touch you, this go right ahead. It's okay to be healed. <laughs> it's okay. It's part of the package. Part of the completeness, the wholeness, the wellness, the goodness, the mercy. Come on, Holy Ghost. Change our heart, oh God. You know, when that, when that thing came out that changed my heart, oh God, thing... I've listened to it nearly every day for the last 10 years. Man, I want my heart changed. I want my mind submitted. I want my flesh overcame, overcome by the blood covenant power. Come on, mercy, touch us. Redeem us, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, take away our insensitivity. Make us sensitive to your presence, your goodness, your, your welcome, God. And I appreciate the platform that y'all given the Holy Ghost to work. I do. It's here. I mean, I'm free. I feel it. And I thank God for his mercy and grace. Now let Jesus take us another step. Some of you are newer. You're just ankle deep. That's okay. Let's go on out to knee deep. Some of you have been at knee deep a while. Let's go on out to waist deep. Some of you have been at waist deep for a while. Let's go on out to neck deep. But there's some of you have been in it, your neck deep, and you know you are. Let's just abandon ourselves. Now, I do want to not threaten you, but advise you that when you do step into God, the enemy does grow too. But I promise you, God's mercy is big enough to overcome whatever evil may present itself to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Fire of the gospel come upon us. Redemption overcome us. Repentance 
grow in our hearts. God, we apologize to you for our humanity. God, we just do. I'm sorry we're humans. But Lord Jesus, you chose to use us and you love us so much. And we thank you for the pressure that's forming us into the jewel of preference. Shetana. Katene. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Great Holy Ghost. Be healed. Be filled. Mercy and grace be poured out upon us abundantly. Guidance and direction. Holy Ghost, fresh oil. And life and strength in Jesus' name. Wow. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Come on, let it fill us up. Let God fill your cup up. Come on, that's right, cup. Drink that thing. Come on. Call upon the Lord. Declare his wonderful work to the children of men. <laughs> Woo! Come on. Pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. From the Shekinah glory of God. It's our inheritance of the saints of the Lord. It's kingdom authority. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Because of the goodness of God. Because of the mercy of the Lord. Because of the wholeness of restoration. Come on, mercy. Come on, mercy. It's for the equipping of the saints. For the work of the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, for people on our right and on our left. We pray for those in authority over us. We pray for our government on a county level. Our government, every city, every ruler. We pray for our governors. We pray for our police. We pray for them, oh God, that the kingdom covenant will abide and abound. We pray for a pres on the presidential level, every committee. We rebuke the devourer of this nation. We call on the mercy in the Lord God, Holy Ghost, revival power. In Jesus' name, God bless America.
don't don't be in a hurry to move from this place. They're not going to lay hands on everybody. Your heart before God is your order. Some of you don't need to just walk away quickly. It's time to kneel before Him. Even if you want to get up and give people room, get on these stairs. Surrender yourself. Yield yourself to Holy Spirit. Let the grace that's in this room come on you right now. This is not a charismatic event. It's your heart before the Lord. You give yourself to Him. Come on. It's what we teach all the time. It's your life before Him. You have the privilege of His presence. He's opened the door through the blood of Christ to let you in. Don't run from this moment quickly. You'll know when it's time to get up. You'll know when it's time to move forward. But get what you stepped up here for. Yield, commit your heart, vow yourself to Him. And thank Holy Spirit that He's here. Whatever's right for you right now, receive right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just give